Welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle, a podcast for midlife moms who want to make the next season of life their best one yet. I am your host, Jenny Gwynn. You might find yourself transitioning into a new phase of life as your children become more independent or leave the nest. Mama, I am here to tell you that your life isn't over. You simply have new opportunities ahead of you. After years of pouring your heart and soul into raising your family, it is your turn to reconnect with yourself. In this podcast, we will talk about the joys and challenges of midlife. You will be inspired to rediscover your God-given purpose or to dust off old dreams and make them a reality. You'll learn how to navigate relationships with your adult children, to reconnect in your marriage, or focus on your health by being more active or finally losing the weight you've struggled with for years. Whatever this next season of life brings, this podcast will equip and encourage you to be happy, healthy, and holy. Hey, friends. Welcome. I am Jenny Glenn, and this is Catholic Moms in the Middle. I am so excited that you are joining me this week. I have a special guest that I want to introduce you to. I have Kate Eschbach with me today. Welcome, Kate. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. This is the second time that I've talked with her, and I already feel like we are friends. Um, She is so filled with the Holy Spirit and giving glory to God. So I cannot wait for you to meet her. I had the honor of being on Kate's podcast, Tripping Over Saints. Um, And I'll put that link in the show notes so that you can go back and listen to our conversation on her podcast. But I invited Kate to come on because her podcast is so inspiring. And I want her to share her story and how the podcast even came about. So Kate, will you tell us about yourself? Sure, sure. So I am a mom of five living in Texas. Um, I grew up here, spent 12 years in Arizona, (laughs) and we got back here about three years ago. Um, I was actually raised charismatic um, at a big, one of the big mega churches in Dallas. And um, when I was about, I guess, eight or nine, I clearly remember having a talk with Jesus and knowing that He was my friend. And that was it. He's always been just my friend, always been special to me. Uh, For a long time, I almost felt weird or guilty about that, as if, you know, I don't have this huge conversion story. I don't have, you know, nothing— Nothing, thank goodness, tragic happened to me that made me um, become a Christian. Um, He just always was my friend, always was sweet to me. And then my family um, eventually ended up at a Methodist church. Mm -hmm. And I grew up there, had an amazing youth group, amazing music minister. Um, We, it was just a beautiful experience for me. Went off to college and could not find a home church, could not find a church to belong to. I tried all these different churches, and one of my roommates was Catholic, and one of my good friends from high school was Catholic, and they said, would you like to come with us to Mass? And I was really at a point where I didn't know what else to do, but I felt like I needed to do something on Sunday mornings. And I went to Mass, and I remember thinking, man, my family would kill me if they knew I was here. 
you know? <laughs> like, oh man, this is bad. But I, I loved it. I loved the reference. It felt very liturgical, which I was very used to from the Methodist church. It just, it, it slowly became home and where I started going on Sundays. And eventually that friend from high school and I started dating. And I will never forget, he said, you know, I'm going to raise my children Catholic. And if we're going to keep dating, I would just ask that you learn about the Catholic Church and that we can at least talk about what you disagree with. And I was like, okay, that's fine, but I'm not becoming Catholic. No way. That's that's fine. I'll learn. And I said, but I'm not going to classes with you because then people will think that it's just because we're dating that I'm learning. I I will go to classes with my roommate. So my roommate Kelly and I would go to, she would go to RCIA with me and I'll never forget his name. His name is Father Dean. He was at St. Mary's in College Station. And he looked at me and he said, you are one of the most Catholic people I've met. You just don't know it yet. And I thought, well, that's a weird thing to say. What does that even mean? And, you know, Brian and Kelly were just very gentle with me. They answered questions without any condemnation. They never made fun of me. They never made me feel like, they never made me feel like I didn't already know Jesus. They made me feel like, well, of course you have a relationship with him, but do you know about the Catholic Church? Do you know the history? Do you know about the apostles and what Christ left us? Do you know about the Eucharist? And the more I learned and the more I studied and the more I read scripture and the more I had always been taught, well, Catholics don't know any scripture. Well, at Mass, you're reading the Old Testament the Psalms, the New Testament, the gospel. You're reading more scripture in a mass than I read on any other Sunday. And that was very humbling to me. And that was the beginning of me realizing that what I had been taught, what I had been told was not necessarily true. And so I had to start over and I had to learn what was true and learn what I had been taught that was incorrect and get rid of all those misconceptions. And I didn't know where that journey would take me. I just knew that I needed to honor what was true. By the end of our CIA, I can remember having this really strange feeling of just knowing I knew I was going to become Catholic. And I didn't know who to tell first. And I didn't know what to say. And so I told Father Dean. (laughs) And he said, great. How about Easter? (laughs) And I said, this Easter? Like, great. Like, okay. Um, sure. And so he said, well, we need to get you to reconciliation and you've already been baptized um, with a Trinitarian baptism. So we need to get you to reconciliation and then we'll go from there. And um, it did upset my family. Brian's parents, actually, they actually drove down and they were there for my first communion. And I didn't know you had to have a dress. I didn't know any of that. And I'll never forget his mom took me shopping, got me a dress, and just made sure I knew what was going to happen. And they were there for me. Come to find out, prom for their oldest daughters was the night before. They had driven through the night to get there in the morning to be there. Because it was so and special for them. It was so, and it was just so special and sweet. And we ended up getting engaged and we got married. And so that's all beautiful. And surprise. My parents came into the church two years ago. Oh, so you want to talk about this 
amazing, grace-filled journey that God has been so sweet with us and so gentle and kind. Um, there's been so many big people on the journey. Um, John Michael Talbot, I grew up listening to the Lord's Supper, not having any idea that every time we drove to Colorado, we were listening to the Mass mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Uh, you know, Father Mike Schmitz, that one, there's a video called The Hour That Will Change Your Life. Mm-hmm. Once my father saw that video about the Eucharist and the scripture that goes with that, that was it. It's that same moment once you start to realize that what you've been taught for so many years is not a correct representation of what the Catholic Church teaches, everything just unravels. And then you're just laying there at the feet of Christ, like, okay, now what do I do? (laughs) Well, and I think it's so important for people who have come into the Catholic Church, who've had this conversion it's so important to share those stories because as a cradle Catholic, and I had 12 years of Catholic education, elementary school and high school, and I speak for myself, but I feel like it's so easy to fall into this routine and habit without really thinking outside of the box. Like, you know, you go through your catechism classes and you're taught certain things and you don't learn to question it. And I think it's so inspiring to talk to people who've come into the church, who've had to question what they believe and what they think, and they realize that the Catholic Church is the fullness, that the Catholic Church is the truth, and, you know, it's everything that they've been searching for. I'm inspired by your story, and it wasn't until um, I was director of religious education um, over the church and school where I worked and as I went through RCIA, I, I believe that every Catholic should go through RCIA every 10 years just yes. for the refresher, <laughs> just to be infused with, you know, the the foundations and the truth of the church. But as I was going through RCIA and people were coming in from different denominations and they had different thoughts and beliefs about the Catholic faith, seeing it through their eyes and answering their questions, it made me realize— I still have so much to learn about my faith. I don't think you ever know everything about the Catholic faith. And they would ask questions and I would have to, okay, let me get back with you next week and go and research. And so I was learning so much about the faith, but also seeing their eyes when it dawned on them, you know, the the truth of the faith, the, the Eucharist, reconciliation, the the excitement they felt at the Easter vigil, it it was such an amazing experience to be yeah. a part of and to walk that journey with them. It is so full of these little moments where I do feel like the Holy Spirit is so thoughtful in just giving you these little chunks at a time so that you can really digest them and then move on to the next thing. Because I do think if you saw all of the things that need to be unraveled at once, it, it would be overwhelming. But it's a special part of my journey and a special part of my heart to continue to be very gentle with people that are on that journey where they are Protestant and they start to question. I don't know where the Lord will take me in that, but 
That's beautiful. Definitely in there. <laughs> yes. When we were talking um, before we started recording, you said something so profound, and I think it will lead to how your podcast came about. So you said that the purpose of your tongue is to pray and praise. That should be the purpose of all of our tongues, right? To pray and praise. Yes. Yes. Everything else that we do with our tongue, we should be guarded with that. Because really, so there's this word telos. And what is the purpose of a thing? And like, if you think about it in really simple terms, like like a pen, what is the purpose of a pen? It is to write, to journal, whatever you want to say, but that is the purpose of it. And to really get back with everything we do, what is the purpose of it? It's really been on my heart, probably just the last week or two, that when I go confess my sins of anything that has to do with words, that words are so powerful. We know that. All Christians know that. Right. You know, that the, the, the God of the universe used words to create. And so in that, to guard our tongue with all of our hearts. And so what is the purpose of my tongue? What is the telos of my tongue? Well, to pray and to praise. That's it. That's so beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Tell us about your podcast, Tripping Over Saints. Oh, goodness. Many years ago. So our third kiddo is adopted. Um, after my second child was born, there were eight miscarriages, and we were told that we had secondary infertility, that um, I would never be able to carry another child to term, ever. And at that point, we started to discern adoption, and Riley's adoption in itself is a whole miracle story. His name alone is a miracle. Through the journey of adoption, um, our sweet boy has an attachment disorder, and I had to learn a lot about that. And basically what that means is, for anyone that doesn't know, is because I was the fourth woman in his life, subconsciously or consciously, it's going to be hard for him to attach to me. And so we've had a lot of, a lot of um, bumps in the road where I would get to a point and really not know what to do next as far as loving this little boy well and making sure he felt safe and loved in our home. And I was very pregnant with Mary Alice, and I walked upstairs to our room. Nobody had been there. Nobody had been in the house working on anything or cleaning. And I slipped on a prayer card, threw myself on the bed, and thought, what on earth is on the floor? What's going on? And I looked down, and it's this prayer card of St. Dymphna, a saint I've never heard of before, ever. And I look at it, and it's in Spanish. So not only is this, there this random saint card in my room, I know that if I had bought a saint card, I surely would have bought an English saint card. Right. <laughs> my, since I don't read Spanish. And, and there it was. And so it took me on this journey of learning about her, learning who she is, learning just, just everything I could read. I'll jump to the end of that part. We took a pilgrimage last year to Belgium to see her cathedral. But as I shared this crazy story with people and thought, you know, people are going to think I'm crazy. More and more people had their own stories. 
of tripping over the saints, of I have a dear friend who a saint card, she pulled out a book on a bookshelf and a saint card fell out. And she had been looking for that card for years and years and years and years. And there it was all of a sudden on the perfect day. Mm -hmm. And just little graces of the Holy Spirit where He's sending these consolations to us and little signs that, hey, why don't you look into the saint? They could be an amazing intercessor for what you're going through. Right. And so I then decided, okay, we've got to tell the world about this. We've got to to find a way. And that's really when podcasts were just getting started. And then I still had two little ones that were not even in elementary school yet. And my dear friend, um, Claire Dwyer, um, who wrote um, This Present Paradise about St. Elizabeth of the Trinity. Um, we were in an endowed group that together, she was leading it. And she said to me, you know, I think in about three or four years, you're going to be, you're going to be ready to start that. And I can remember thinking, three or four years, I can't wait that long. That's right. a long time. And, uh, but I really took her words to heart and I recognized it for it's the season that I'm in with little ones at home that need my full attention, full, full, full. And so I just gave it to the Lord and said, okay, your timing, I'm going to just start to give this to you, pray about it, and you let me know. Let me know when it's time. And we moved to Texas, and Brian had bought me this blue Yeti microphone to do the podcast with, this gorgeous blue microphone, and I thought it was so fancy. And one day at Daily Mass at our church, the microphone was on the altar. Mm. It was not plugged in. It was not being used for anything. And I took a picture and sent it to Claire. And she said, okay, I think you're ready to get started now. And just this blue microphone, why is a blue microphone on the altar? That, that makes no sense. It makes no sense. But I absolutely took it as the Lord saying, okay, let's go. And he knows me and he knows me well. And he knows that I, I like attention and I like credit and I like all of those things. I like hats on the head and atta girls. And he made it very, very clear to me, just in a silent, soft voice, don't worry about guests. Record one at a time and the next guest will come. It'll happen. And I was like, that's weird. I need to have a calendar. I need to know, you know, January. I need to know how many episodes I'm doing a month. I need to know who my guests are. I need to research them so I could do bios on them. And it was just very clear, no, they will come. And to this day, thanks be to God, when I record an episode, within a week, the next guest has either said yes from an email I sent a long time ago or they've reached out to me. And it is one of those journeys that I know it might stay hidden until it's time for the Lord to use it, but I will go ahead and start building it. Right. And so that's 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 the story of the podcast. Well, and that's, that's so fun. beautiful. And it's a good lesson for all of us. God's timing is the best. God's never late. God's right on time. We're the ones that think He's late or He's not moving or acting, but He's He's always moving, right? He's always present in our lives. 
and his timing is perfect. We hear that all the time, mm-hmm. but well, I know I hear that all the time. Yes. Like, okay, but let me just control this. Like, let me <laughs> let me just take over this because I'm not really sure where God is in here, and so I just need to take it over. So I love that you shared just stepping back and truly giving it to God instead of seeing it to happen. That is very unlike me. I like my spreadsheets. I am the oldest of an oldest girl for seven generations. I like to be in control. Um, I'm not bossy, mind you. <laughs> I just like to be in control. <laughs> right. No bossiness. No, not, not at all. Not at all. Don't ask my brother if I'm bossy. Uh, I think it was, was it C.S. Lewis that talked about time and how really that really is a construct that we've given so that we can understand things. But to God, time is nothing. It is. So how many years now have you been um, recording your podcast? So just one year, a little over a year. Okay. What, can you share some of the fruits that you have seen come with your different guests and talking about the different saints? You know, it's a very selfish fruit, um, just learning more about saints that I've never heard of before, especially as a convert. I wasn't raised knowing saints, you know? And so hearing all of those stories and then really watching these holy men and women who are telling me about the saints, watching their journey and -hmm. what they're doing. Uh, Father Lewis up in New York, um, what he's doing with Haiti and his ministry there, his mission to the beloved. Um, Meg Hunter Kilmer, she was my very first guest, and all the work that she is doing with all of the saints, um, especially the Asian saints, to help, you know, spread the word about their canonization and knowing about them. Um, and I do, I do feel like there is a beautiful movement happening where feast days. People are talking about, you know, whose who's feast day is today? What saint should we celebrate today? You know, what is Michael Mass? What is that? And why did we stop? And all of, you know, the St. Michael prayer and all of the, the gifts, the amazing gifts of intercession that the saints give us and the amazing gifts of friendship and solidarity that they give us for any situation. And that I had no idea when I found St. Dimpna that there was a saint for mental health and that she had the journey of, you know, knowing someone with a mental health disorder and just clinging to Christ and clinging to the church through all of that and the lessons that she can teach us. But yeah, I think more than anything is just watching these people's journey and how their friendship with the saints catapults them to the next part of their mission. I think the lives of the saints are little gifts that never run out, little gifts that God gives us for different seasons in our lives, for different circumstances that we're going through. Because it's easy to think that the saints were perfect and struggle. But yeah, when you really like dive in and start learning about the saints, you learn that they had issues just like you and I. They had sins and habits that they were trying to overcome, but yet they kept choosing God. They kept turning towards God and growing in holiness and overcoming these obstacles um, and, and bringing people towards God. And so 
Saints are such a gift in our church and such a part of our faith journey. They can help us grow deeper in our faith, help us connect more with Christ. And I always, one of my goals is to help women encounter Christ, to be transformed by His healing love, so then they can go out and magnify Christ in their little corner of the world. Yes. And I think saints have done that. They've encountered Christ in a profound way. They've been transformed by His healing love. And so their lives, whether they were 50 years ago, years ago, they're magnifying Christ in their life still today. Yes. There's such a good reminder that you don't have to be stuck. That right. whatever suffering, whatever circumstance, that you you don't have to be stuck in that. There's a next. There's a next thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So as we wrap up, Kate, would you close us in prayer? I would love to. I would love to. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Jenny. Thank you for her ministry. It is so needed to just wrap your, wrap your, wrap the women and the mamas listening to this podcast in your beautiful love. Hide us under your wings. Keep us always thinking of you and keep our tongues praying and praising. Lord, we thank you for this day and we thank you for one another. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, friends, thank you for joining me this week. Kate, thank you for being here. I'm so grateful that God has allowed our paths to cross and hopefully someday I will meet you in person. I Um, hope so. Yes, that would be so fun. But friends, until we meet again next week, go out and magnify Christ in your little corner of the world. God bless. For more information on Catholic Moms in the Middle or to set up your complimentary Moms in the Middle mentoring session, go to catholicmomsinthemiddle.com or find me on Facebook at Catholic Moms in the Middle for even more encouragement and support as you embrace this next season of life. The music for this podcast was written by Sean Williams, Catholic composer and musician. You'll find more of Sean's original music at musicbyshawnwilliams.com. That is musicbyshawn, S-H-A-W-N, williams.com. 